This is Meditations for Misfits, and I'm Fred Gruy. With this podcast, we will begin Season 2 of the Meditations for Misfits podcast. Now, last season, Season 1, the basic theme of uh, what I was trying to do and share uh, all comes from my work and study over the last 15 years as a hospice chaplain. In that time, I've been with over 3,000 folks that have died, and they've taught me quite a bit about uh, living, not just dying. And the main thing that I have learned over the years of my work uh, as a chaplain is that the best way to prepare for the eventual, for our death, is to live a fully engaged, a deep, meaningful life now, that that is the best thing we can do for the inevitable uh, death that is waiting for us. Now, uh, specifically, the kinds of things I have discovered to help me live a meaningful life now involve growing in gratitude, developing generosity, learning to accept reality as it really is, not as I just wish it would be, but as it really is, and uh, growing in my capacity to love deeply the people in my world. Now, giving myself to these kinds of activities, I've learned there's the, the two big byproducts are they help develop an equanimity inside of me, a, a peacefulness, a calmness as I go about my life, and they also help me to live a fully engaged life now, really uh, living in the present moment uh, and savoring all of life that I can. So with this season, season two, I'd like to begin the the season by suggesting some exercises, specific exercises and ideas and reflections on how to, to do these things, not just talk about them in a theoretical way, but to really engage in uh, how we might grow in the kinds of activities I just mentioned. So this first podcast will uh, look at a an exercise to help us get in touch with our soul, sort of a, a soul-searching exercise. Now this morning, as I prepared for this uh, podcast, I googled the word soul, and in less than two seconds, I... Uh, got 1,270,000,000 results on the word soul. Uh, It seems there's uh, a lot that uh, people have had to say about it, and a walk through your local bookstore might uh, not be much more helpful if you look through the uh, philosophy, the psychology, or the self-help, or the religion sections. There's uh, all kinds of books trying to tell us what the soul is. Socrates believed our souls were our most precious possessions, and the key to a good life was not to harm them. Uh, Many contemporary thinkers argue that we really don't have a soul or a self, and that what we call these things are just really shaped by our culture and uh, our geography and our life experiences. Now, Carl Jung, the famous psychologist, differentiated between the ego— which is another word that's often used for soul, and the the self, big S self. And then we have our Buddhist sisters and brothers who are adamant that there is no self and any idea of a self is simply an illusion. 
So I've learned that trying to define the term soul is a bit like trying to define a chameleon while it's changing colors. Now, the Quaker Parker Palmer offers some uh, great insight through all this soul clutter, and he brilliantly observes philosophers haggle what to call this core of our humanity. Thomas Merton called it the true self. Buddhists call it the original nature or big self. Quakers call it the inner teacher or the inner light. Hasidic Jews call it the spark of the divine. Humanists call it identity and integrity. In popular parlance, people often call this the soul. Now, Parker Palmer says, what we name it matters little to me since the origins, nature, and destiny of call it what you will will forever be hidden from us. And no one can credibly claim to know its true name. But that we name it matters a great deal, for it is the objective ontological reality of selfhood that keeps us from reducing ourselves or each other to biological mechanisms psychological projections, sociological constructs, or raw material to be manufactured into whatever society needs. Diminishments of our humanity that constantly threaten the quality of our lives. Now, I particularly like that Palmer's emphasis that the soul is what makes us human. So where does all this leave us? Well, for, for our purposes in this exercise and, and when I talk about the soul, I suggest a functionalist use for the term soul and not a metaphysical one. So I'm using the term soul to mean all of your values, morals, dreams, hopes, doubts, insecurities, experiences, wounds, fears, successes, loves, wisdom, ego, id, suffering, pain, persona, authentic self, the totality of your being. In my usage, the soul is simply the composite of your genetics, life experiences, and distinctive qualities. So when I use the term soul, I simply mean whatever that thing is that makes me me and you you. Now, of all the descriptions of the soul I've encountered, none is as captivating to me as that put forward by Thomas Merton, who compares the soul to a wild animal. The inner self, he writes, is precisely that self which cannot be tricked or manipulated by anyone, even the devil. He or she, the true self, is like a very shy, wild animal that never appears at all whenever an alien presence is at hand and, and comes out only when all is peaceful in silence and when he is untroubled or alone. He or she cannot be lured out by anyone or anything because he or she responds to no lure except that of the divine freedom. So for the exercise I'm going to recommend for you this week, I, it's called a soul print exercise. And I discovered this by reading a book by Rabbi Mark Gaffney called Soul Prints. And so for this exercise, we're going to search for our wild animal by making a soul print box. Now in this box, I'm going to suggest you look around your house and put in five things that matter most 
to you. And possibly the greatest value of this exercise comes from the process of making it. Now, in spiritual searches, process is often the most important thing. So let's view your soul print box as a treasure chest of sorts, which makes filling the box a treasure hunt. And in a treasure hunt, the two words are inseparable. To find a treasure, you must hunt for it. And if you hunt, you'll surely find a treasure. Now, the very process of boxing your soul print, pull, pulling together the ex significant signs of your soul, will help you reveal your soul print. And if you take the time to search uh, your home for your soul print articles, you will be making time to search for your soul. And if you hunt, you will surely find. So what are you going to put in this soul print box? Well, you could put love letters. You could put family heirlooms, photographs, favorite quotes, and your own soul print reflections or quotes that you have enjoyed in your living. Now, if any items are too big, for example, like if, if you love the piano and you can't put a piano in a little box, just put a picture of a piano or write the word piano on a piece of paper. So this is the exercise for this week is to just think about five things, and they don't have to be the most important, but five of the most important things in your life and assemble them in a, in a little bag or a box as a way of tracking your own soul. And all of this is to help us get in touch with the authentic beings we are inside these bodies. And I again refer to a quote I shared last season from Dr. Howard Thurman, who was uh, an incredible American civil rights leader. And Dr. Thurman wrote, there is something in every one of you that waits and listens for the sound of the genuine in yourself. It's the only true God you will ever have. And if you cannot hear it, you will all of your life spend your days on the ends of strings that somebody else pulls. So this soul print exercise for this week is to just help you get in touch with that authentic you that lives inside of yourself so that uh, you can begin to listen to that wild animal that is tough and resilient inside yourself and avoid being pulled by the strings of this world. Thanks for allowing me to join you on your journey for these moments on this day. And I really will pray that you have a lot of fun uh, with your soul-searching exercise and trying to discover some of those things that really, really deeply resonate within inside yourself. And in the next podcast, I'll share a little bit more about that. In conclusion for this podcast, though, I have some a great quote from Lao Tzu, the, who is attributed with writing the Tao Te Chung, which is uh, part of the Chinese wisdom literature. And Lao Tzu writes, To understand others is to be knowledgeable. To understand yourself is to be wise. To conquer others is to have strength. To conquer yourself is to be strong. To know when you have enough is to be rich. To go forward with strength is to have ambition. To not lose your place is to last long. And to die but not be forgotten. That's true long life.